A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. This week's show is sponsored by Tracy Shevin, who is raising funds for her local cancer unit in Stoke-on-Trent. Her husband, Andrew, was diagnosed nearly five years ago with stage four cancer. He's been lucky to survive these five years. However, unfortunately, the cancer has spread further and he's got to the stage where treatment wouldn't be effective. During the five years, Andrew has had several chemotherapy treatments as well as operations. He's received fabulous treatment by the staff at the hospital and Tracy would like to give something back to the unit, maybe a comfy chair for a patient or their relatives. If you'd like to donate to her fund, the page is justgiving.com slash Tracy dash Chevin. That's C-H-E-V-I-N. Thank you from Tracy Chevin with Dumpty Dog Nancy and Dumpty Mog Pushk. This is Dum Dum the show about reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the police cordon that is Royfield Brown, and with me have the blood splattered crime scene that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our casualty, and the last part of our casualty slash the bill mashup is you. Now today's Dum Dum is um, a repeat of the last two weeks, which is. <laughs> It's coming all the way from Northern Brittany because I completely forgot to update the Dumpty Dum. Um, so Jacqueline Berto, um, that's your third and last time, I reckon. But Lucy. Yeah. Uh, next week, I will remember to replace it. So can you remind our listeners how they can win the accolade of Dumpty Dummer of the week if they can be first to send one in? Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or a massively unhelpful quote to the Borchester Echo, ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Lovely Shambridges, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Uh, thanks also to Derek below the back bedroom. Uh, Derek's recovering this morning. You, you, I don't know if, if uh, it's been in the news um, that uh, Howard Marks, 
the celebrated cannabis smuggler has died and uh, Kate held a memorial party for him in a herbal lay. <laughs> it was a lively affair. All the smoke alarms went off at home farm and Derek's still in bed recovering from eating 14 boxes of celebrations and Susan's wall of crisps. I like celebrations. <laughs> Good. I have, I eat precious little of them. Just saying. Mm. What's You're your very favorite? good, aren't you? Your body is a temple. That's why you leave the shoes on the outside. What? <laughs> I said your body is a temple. Oh, I get it now. I get it. Right. Yeah. Oh, my, my body's a mosque. Is good. Mm. They, they leave in. their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> they can go upstairs. <laughs> um, oh, that's us now, on the ISIS list. Yep. Now, before... Uh, before we upset any other religious minorities in the UK. <laughs> oh, there's loads. Can, yes, we can go through. Sorry. Can I just remind everybody of Dum De Dumber Tracy Shevin's Just Giving page where she invites us to donate to the University Hospital of North Staffordshire's charity that has been looking after her hubby who has stage five cancer. She's looking to donate something meaningful like a chair to the facility. You can do this by going to justgiving.com forward slash Tracy hyphen Shevin, which is spelled C-H-E-V-I-N. On this week's episode, we have calls from Goddess Diva, who has a sadly not unique take on Robin Helen Bly's spirit, who's crossed with the script writers Claire from Scotland by Canada, who's pleased with them, Catherine Kavanagh, who thinks it's all, it was all in character, Claire from Clapham, who's pinning her hopes on Miles Titchener, Titian, who's hearing too many points of view, Miriam, who's also dreaming of Rob, Maeve, she's back, who's Maeve, who's been gluing other people's heads together. Jacqueline Berto, who has a personal insight into the Henry case. Vicky Cole, who cried in the washing up. Yokel Bear, who agrees with the Royfrant. Moynes, who's worried this is all going to drag on. Andrew Horn, who has five points. Isaac Q, who's good. Jesus Christ, Lucy. <laughs> oh, God. No, he didn't ring in. Jesus Christ was the only person who didn't ring in. Everyone else did. <laughs> Good grief. Isaac Q is going to need to brace himself with a spin and brings in the Prozac defence and A-N-D and Julie from Pickering. But first, let's hear all about Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. And we began the week, sadly, with the bugger still being alive. In the only mistake Kirsty has ever made in her life, she saved his sodding life. Never mind. <laughs> Tony only seemed to express shock when they said Helen had been dressed in a grey t-shirt and jogging bottoms. Grey? But that was never her colour. Peggy stood with her nose pressed up against the glass of Gaslight Cottage, steaming up the window, complaining about the cordon and all those people gawping. Nasty people, though, not like me. She tried to get her leg over the rope, but her name wasn't down, so Harrisman wouldn't let her in. <laughs> anyway, Rob has been stabbed in the bowel. Good. He has to keep his poo in a little bag. That's all right, though. He can pretend he's got a dog or something. There are poo bins all around the country park. Or, being as he's so keen on being low-key and economical, maybe he could use a bag for life. Just give it a rinse every now and again. <laughs> Doc. Detective Sergeant Maidley is on the case. She is Richard Maidley's sister and about as tactful. She's showed Harrisment what to do. He's pressed the DDAR button on her car. She allowed him to take a statement on his Etch-a-Sketch from Thomas the Bear and he's drawn a picture of Ursula and Bruce. He's a bit frightened of Bruce, though, which is understandable, as Bruce is a Dalek. 
Why are you standing back there, Ursula? They interviewed Henry the sound effect, who had a lovely little chat with the WPC while Harrison played with blocks behind him. Helen appeared in court, charged with attempted murder, and the Ambridge busybodies started putting two and two together and making it everyone else's fault. Susan is sticking more oars in than the Oxford and Cambridge boat race. Uh, she gave harassment the full rundown of Helen's medical history, starting with her athlete's foot age 12. Then she had a <laughs> chat with her imaginary friend Sabrina, and then a real person came in. Well, nearly real, Ursula. She parked her broomstick in the car park, and Susan told her all about when her Christopher was in hospital and how fond she was of Rob. But funnily enough, Susan didn't mention to Ursula then that she'd been banged up too. Odd how your memory goes sometimes, isn't it? Maybe Bridge Farm could be one of those rehab units where they all make strawberry yogurt instead of stitching mailbags. Even Auntie Cardboard got doorstepped, which made Piggy green with envy. <laughs> Piggy's been hanging around outside the door with a megaphone shouting, I'm happy to talk. I'll write you into my will. But no one took the bait. Even Tom decided to blame himself for cancelling the wedding. You see, Kirsty, if I had cancelled the wedding, then we could have all have eaten sausage rolls forever and everyone would have been happy and not psychotic. It's all my fault. In the first step towards their rapprochement, Kirsty shoved a scotch egg up his nose and told him to stop being a knob. <laughs> Piggy cheered up then when she made a new best friend, Ursula Titchener. She wanted to send her some flowers or write her a letter, but decided in the end to help her scrub her son's blood off the kitchen floor. Hopefully, Ursula, Piggy and Bruce the Dalek can all move in together in a horrible little menage a trois of Daily Mail readers. The end. Oh, that's quite good this week. Can I say, chaps, that was a very hard monologue to write because Mm. nothing happened apart from police procedure. (laughs) people being injected with things and um you know duh, all that but D- doctors social workers uh pat saying tony were we blind at which point the entire country started yes and um that was it really so yes a bit of a reach for the Hollywood monologue there but hopefully next week <laughs> something else will happen other than action taking place in a hospital room or police cell Oh, and Helen going, no comment, endlessly. Mm. There's a little bit of a comment about the Helen saying no comment and uh, what are the legal implications of that on uh, the, on dumdydum.com. Yeah. And there's... Mm, but, go on. It's, it's very it's sort of bewildering to listen. I mean, it does... It makes sense why she's doing it, but it makes terrible radio, doesn't it? <laughs> well... Because you just think... Oh come on! Because the story's not going to move unless she says something. We don't know what's going. Don't know what she's thinking. Well, Midmi City, who's played a little bit of a blinder with her technical, technical with her legal knowledge. Yeah. Though it's not exactly her area of forte, uh, kind of yeah. criminal law. Uh, but basically, was speculating as to whether um, her solicitors has said because she's still in an emotionally, extremely emotionally, emotionally vulnerable state. Uh, not to say anything because she could just incriminate herself. Yeah. She's literally going to say nothing at all. Well, you have to find out case. what the case against you is, don't mm. you? Before you give them, you, before you don't tell them what the case against you is, you wait and find out what you've been mm. charged with. Yeah, I think. Uh, but but that little interjection for me was yeah. just uh, uh, more reasons to say go to dumdydum.com uh, because there's some very interesting uh, kind of threads there. Uh, regarding this case now uh, normally at this point i would say worst effective shall we have a little chat about last week but we ain't got any time for that (laughs) so straight to the calls it is
Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hello, Dumpty Dum, got a Steven here. Um, would have rung earlier, but needed to get legal advice on the content of my call. And that's the first. Um, so, where do we start? It's a bit of a week, and everybody's going to have plenty to say about Helen and the custard and the pie and the stabbing and and what have you. So, I wanted to concentrate on one specific thing, and that is the fact that she didn't just leave. Royfield, I know that you think you're right on this, that you are very, very wrong, and and um, people saying that it's not very realistic, so you're very, very wrong. And as you can tell, I'm taking a deep breath before I go for this. Um, it's the first time I've said this out loud outside of my family, so here goes. I could have been Helen. I have been Helen, but I could have been Helen this week. Um, wasn't tuna bake I grabbed chips on the way home because I thought that maybe maybe if I could get him to sit down with some food and listen that he'd be reasonable and there was that last bit of hope that maybe I wouldn't have to throw him out even though he'd been really really aggressive and I'd woken up a couple of times with his hands on my throat um, threatening to slit my throat over an affair he imagined I was having which I wasn't but even if I was disproportionate response um, so yeah, so it all went very badly. The tips got thrown up the wall. Um, ketchup stains looked like blood, but luckily they weren't. And then he started smashing the place up and punching things, and then he punched me. So I called the police, as you do. And before the police arrived, he put a knife in my hand. He put a knife in my hand and said the only way I was going to get rid of him was if I killed him. Not quite the same as Helen. But close enough, it was a terrifying thing to do. I took the knife from my man. I ran into my bedroom, locked myself in. He kicked down the door just as the police arrived and dragged him off. Um, as the police arrived, I threw the knife under the bed. And that's where it stayed for the next six months. Because even though they said they would do a fast response, they got me on a list for a fast response, um, even though they made him leave his keys, I still was shit scared that he would come back and that I would need the knife. I didn't need it that day. didn't need it any other day after that. But had I stabbed him, that would have been realistic. <sighs> That's catharsis. Um, yeah, so it's not EastEnderified. It's not unrealistic. It's, it's just a thing, a thing that happens. Oh, Goddess Diva. That was a very, very sad call, and I'm so sorry. And if I could give you a hug, I would. Um, and we've got a lot of calls later on today with people saying, yes, but she would... Ju- why did they do it like that? Why did she um, Why did she lose control? Why did she try and talk to him? Why did she... And I think... I mean, I know that your, your goddess diva persona is a persona, Um but you don't come across as a uh, weak and sensitive woman. You come across, well, sensitive, yes, but you come across as a very strong woman. And if somebody like you thought that they had a chance of fixing it or making things reasonable or not doing it in a very kind of, you know, if you wanted closure in exactly the same way Helen did, then it makes sense of of why she left 
how she did or why she tried to leave. She wanted to get Rob to understand. She didn't want there to be, um, you know, she has to live in the same village as him. She has to keep seeing him for her children. Uh, you know, you can, it does make sense. It puts it into perspective. And um, yeah, the, 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 the wanting to, not fix it but wanting to wanting to understand and be reasonable ironically uh is the is is the reason that she stayed i think the reason that she wanted to talk to him um and i'm very very sorry and i'm very glad that you're out of it and uh yes it's just very sad call i'm very sorry but i'm glad you're okay now Mm. and i think all the listeners will have found your call uh, very, very touching, and I think one of the one of the lovely things about not only this storyline but Dum De Dum is the fact that um, listeners, podcast hosts, etc., at time feel that they need to open up and be honest about things that have happened in their own personal life and how. Uh, various storylines within the archers have affected them you know to to give it kind of like full color into the reason why they have various perspectives and um, it was you know a very harrowing uh, and kind of touching call um, so so thank you for that goddess uh, the only thing I would say is that I never said that it was unrealistic what what I was referring to last week was how the storyline had been played out in terms of it being instructive, in terms of spotting coercive control, um, and how the scriptwriters um, and Mr. O'Connor, etc., and the PR department of the BBC had been very clear as to all along the line they had contacted organisations like Refuge. They'd they'd spoken to professionals in the field so that um, the way the storyline played out, it played out as realistically as possible. And they made great play of saying that um, that, that the the, the relative slow burn in terms of uh, soap time, that this was somewhat realistic in terms of real time. Now, if all of that is true, and I don't doubt them, the fact that she ended up stabbing him, not that that in and of itself was unrealistic because I think Helen was was pushed Mm. and her breaking point has been Henry. That's the reason why she flipped out when she heard that Rob was trying to get him to go off to to private school, boarding school, sorry. So that made complete other sense. But in terms of serving the cause of instructing the great British public and the... uh, people around the world about coercive control I think it was a mistake that's what I was saying I didn't say it was unbelievable at all Um, Mm. there is another issue which I did bring up uh, last week of which um, somebody on the Twitters called me a snob which was to say that it was it was the week for name calling wasn't it it was it was um, (laughs) was that one of the reasons why um, so many people love the archers is because it is it is slower and 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 that slower we equate as to being a bit more believable than a traditional soap that is not to say that there haven't been fires in ambridge that is not to say that people haven't fallen off roofs etc um and what 
this uh, incident did was to remind us, and I, I, I thought I was incredibly clear, to remind us that we were listening to a soap. We might call it long form drama, but ultimately it is a soap. And, and we were jolted out of our long form, let's explore the, uh, the characters in terms of their motivations and possibly why is Rob such an evil twisted bastard, etc., into a knife in, in the guts. Now, as I said, it was just an, an amazing bit of drama last week and that cannot be denied. But um, just to be clear, we do listen to a soap so the person who says you're saying it's not a soap uh, if I'm saying it reminds us that we're listening to a soap we're listening to a soap and I never said anything else but also goddess um, I it's not that this storyline was in itself unbelievable but it was just a lesson that in effect we've been told by the script writers was that there is no way out um, and if this was being played out strictly by the playbook, and I know that each situation is different, but the statistics are that a woman tries to leave on average seven times before she breaks away from her abusive partner. So if this had been played out, strictly speaking, by the, um, by the playbook, as the script writers have said that they tried to do, she would have gone round to Kirsty's or her mother's and Rob would have turned up, been incredibly charmed. Charming. Her back. Yeah, mm. would have charmed her back. She would have gone back, and then that would have been repeated ad nauseum. Mm. That was the reason why I was somewhat disappointed with the overall story arc and the direction that this is going in. But I repeat, um, that is not at all to say that I didn't thoroughly, absolutely enjoy that episode. Okay, next. Who's next? Blythe Spirit is next. Hello, Dumpty Dum, Blythe Spirit calling. Well, I'm back in the fold after a few weeks. I've carried on listening to Dumpty Dum, of course, and all you lovely caller in and I've checked into the forums. Uh, but I've given the actual programme itself a bit of a swerve for rather obvious reasons. Um, but I got a call today, Monday, which is the day after the big Sunday episode, from someone very close to me to say, um, the story is broken. Um, you need to go listen to the Sunday episode. It's OK to go back. So I did. And to be honest, the denouement wasn't surprising at all. And in fact, it was something that myself and this person who called me had actually predicted a few weeks back before I stopped listening. We were doing a, a small post-mortem, pardon the pun, on one of the episodes where Rob had been a particular Horace Hole. And uh, we, we did come up with several options, which included the fact that Helen might stick a Sabatier in his entrails. Um, and at that point we were saying, oh God, we really hope it isn't going to go Brookside and she isn't going to bury people under patios and things like that, because it was just, it would just be too ridiculous. Either way, it has gone in that direction. And my response is basically that I'm not happy with the direction that this storyline has taken. I'm not happy with the decision to take it in that direction. It's a massively missed opportunity to present the transition from victimhood to strength and recovery but more importantly whilst the storyline seems to have been reasonably assiduous in in its latter stages over the psychological aspects and the kind of stuff that you can do like contacting refuge and everything what it has neglected to do is to present a good model of how you actually practically get out of that relationship that abusive situation 
the way that Helen was presented on the Sunday episode was all wrong because firstly, you know, she was careless about her phone. Uh, but there was there was the sit down with the tuna bake, the revenge dish served cold. And then, oh, you've been such a bastard for the last two years. I know what you're like. I've got the measure of you. I'm going to leave you. The fact is that if you are in a situation where physical violence has been pre- been present, where you have children at risk and where even more serious consequences could come of it, the last thing you do is to tell the abuser that you are going to leave them. You know, the best thing to do, the advice that people are given in this situation is to say nothing, to plan quietly, to strategize, to ensure that there's a safe place to go when you finally do leave. And this is where crisis centers come in very much into play, because the thing is that if you tell people who are close to you, they might let slip. So you have to do it quietly. By all means, get the police involved at the time of leaving if there is a physical threat to your person. But otherwise, you wait for them to go out for a pint of milk. You wait for them to leave for the day for work. Then you pack your bag and leave. Hello, Dumpty Dum Blood Spirit calling. Just wanted to ring back quickly after my rather long and serious point, because the discussion on sound effects in last week's podcast reminded me of something quite funny. A while back, I saw a programme on Foley art. And basically what Foley artists do is to add the sound effects to a film soundtrack after the initial shooting, because when you are filming actors, you need a clear dialogue track. So you have to go into a studio afterwards and put these things on separately. And what they do to replicate the sound of, say, a stabbing or a decapitation is to stick a knife in a cabbage. So whilst we can be reassured that no one was harmed in the making of last Sunday's completely traumatic episode, a cruciferous vegetable sacrificed itself valiantly for Rob Titchener's demise. In short, a cabbage bought it. You know, I really hope they gave it a respectful send-off. You know, maybe some bubble and squeak or a nice Eastern European stew. Lots of paprika. Mmm, lovely. Blythe Spirits called us twice, so we need to squish them together. Okay. Um, I think, Blythe Spirit, that she tried to talk to him because, as I said earlier, I think she was trying to get some sort of closure. Um, she wasn't acting rationally. She, um, because, she, you know, he he's reduced her to... You know, that's the thing about gaslighting. You 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 make somebody so shaky in their own... You make them lose so much confidence in their own abilities and their own sense and their own judgment that they do start then doing things wrong because they're on edge the whole time. You know, it's like when, you're, when your head is completely somewhere else, you do do... You do do absent-minded things because you're not concentrated because you're in a state of fight or flight and adrenaline the whole time. And... Uh, she she wasn't thinking straight, um, not in any belittling way, but she but she wasn't because who would be if they were, you know, they'd found out what she'd found out and they'd had to endure months and months and months of of gaslighting and abuse. Um, and also she help, help, it, this storyline, she's not trying to show best practice. She's just. It, this isn't a sort of um, a masterclass in domestic violence. It's just trying to show what happens. She, yeah, and Helen is a perfectionist. Helen, Helen always wants to do the right thing, wear the right clothes, be the right weight, look the right way, say the right thing. Do, you know, and sometimes she can be unbearably pompous and honestly thinks that she knows the best 
for everybody, not just herself. And I know, um, you know, I'm terribly sympathetic to her, but it doesn't it go against the fact that before all this happened, I found her intensely irritating. And I found her intensely, and I, I now find her intensely irritating and incredibly, I'm incredibly sympathetic to her. Um, yeah. Uh, and yes, I have heard this before that uh, f- uh, Foley artists, um, d- sound effects and, um, dubbing things onto films and i know that they've used not they chop cabbages in half for beheadings because there's um there's a very hilarious radio clip which is from the saturday morning show with the reverend richard coles and that woman whose name i can't remember and um fiona shaw the actress picked typically for her for her favorite record was some um operatic piece in which nuns are beheaded and the <laughs> and the <laughs> typical your frothy light radio for morning stuff um and uh one by one they start off in a chorus and then one by one as the as the the, the, the nuns get decapitated they kind of reduces to one to one singing nun honestly she's trying she's talking about this in such a pretentious doom-laden way and all the way through this music you can just hear these cabbages being wallocked in half uh, wallocked wallocked i like that word and um it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard on Radio 4. So when he, and I had another laugh at it then when he said about sticking the knife in the cabbage. Yes. So now we know, as we said on the live Dumpty Dum, that the man that killed John Archer did so with a um, two pillows and a washing machine. Uh, and a lamb, <laughs> lamb flopping out of a U is a, um, what was it? It was something landing on a pile of recording tape, wasn't it? Was yes. it a water balloon? A water balloon landing on a pile of recording tape. And um, and Rob being stabbed was a knife in a cabbage. Ha <laughs> ha Right, Claire from Scotland via Canada. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Claire from Scotland via Canada here, calling in to defend what they've done with this Rob and Helen storyline. As someone who writes and someone who loves and appreciates story, I don't think there was another way out. We talked a bit about why it wouldn't work to have Helen leave. She has no ball at all. She has nowhere to go, and Rob's public face was never going to match the one we were hearing in private. The only other option when you're painted into a corner like that, I think, is to possibly nick the plot of a doll's house, and quite frankly, I don't think that would have served Helen's character well at all. I would have found that much more of a break from her character than the story we've been told. Now, was it dramatic? Certainly. Did it serve the cause as well as it, as well as it could have done? Probably not. Royfield, you're probably right about that. But in terms of good story and good writing, with consequences that were followed through and characters that were well understood, it was a laudable effort. And this is me speaking as a writer now. To me, certainly, the story always has to come first because that is the only way you will convey an effective message to your reader. The moment at which you let the cause for lack of a better word, usurp the story you are telling. You are served something much flatter and much less palatable. So, while certainly stabbing isn't an option open to many women in Helen's situation, if indeed any, I think they've done the right thing, I think they've done it well, and I feel confident, in light of what we've heard to date, that they will not renege on the consequences that are surely coming. She's um, Claire thinks that it's the storyline was... Um, was- in terms of the story, this is what we want. We can't have a tidy ending because it doesn't fit with the rest of the story. Um, and yeah, Helen is a perfectionist. She will do things the most difficult way she possibly can. 
Um, yeah. Catherine Kavanagh. Catherine Kavanagh here or at Kavanagh CK on Twitter. I've listened with appalled fascination over the past couple of days. First of all, utterly stupendous acting. That stuff is BAFTA-esque. I don't know whether there's an equivalent for radio, but if there isn't, there should be. To your point about the stabbing being um, less of a denouement than we wanted, given the BBC's remit to educate and inform, I actually think it's perfectly in keeping with her character. Um, We might have wanted a slow, constant burn and a move away from him, but I think Helen's only option in that situation was one of total emotion. That's how she's always operated, and it would actually have been out of her character to execute a slow, deliberate move away and to ensure the child was safely out of the house and her bags were packed and with Cresty by the time that psychopath came home. Anyway, I hope for his sake that it was slow, horribly painful, that he survives with massive lacerations and that he does press charges because this thing has to get played out in court. Someone said the other day, do the, do um, do Archer's uh, actors ever get put up for awards because um, uh, Timothy Watson and Louisa um, deserve BAFTAs? And yeah, I did say to um, to Kerry once, do do they go... Do, do does the archers ever get put up for audio awards? And he said, "No, because we would win them all." He said, "Kerry <laughs> fashion." Um, but yes, I mean, there is. I think some recognition needs to be given for for uh, both of them. I just think there were. I'd, I'd like to say Louisa and not Timothy Watson, because much as I know Timothy Watson is a very nice man and a very good actor, but I still can't. I just, I'm. He's still too linked with Rob at the minute for me to um, want anything nice to happen to him at all. Um, but yes, they've been. Uh, the the acting has been absolutely spectacular. Mm. No, and, it, it's been off the scale good. Yeah, and and as Catherine said, Helen is was driven by emotion then, and Helen, as she said, Helen always is driven by emotion. I mean, if you remember that time when she was pregnant. And she started telling Emma Grundy how she should behave with um, being a pregnant woman mm. and, and what she should be eating and what she should be doing and da 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 da, da and, and, and sort of conveniently forgot the fact that, you know, Emma had already had um, a child. Yes. And, and then Helen, when Helen had the baby, she suddenly said, oh, my God, Emma, I'm so sorry. I've just realised what an idiot I was and I shouldn't have said all that to you and all that. And... Um, and, and she is, Helen doesn't think. She just gets carried away very, very quickly. She's a strange combination of control and impulse. Um, Which yeah. makes it all the more believable as, yeah. a, as, a, as a character, as, as yeah. a human being. Um, which, again, uh, one of my many points that I tried to make in this whole thing is that she is by far the most fleshed out of all mm. of the characters on this thing. And that's yet another reason why relatively speaking this is all so lopsided mm. it's so lopsided doesn't mean that it's not compelling doesn't mm. mean that it's not entertaining but in terms of the wider village um you know it's lopsided yeah. uh, which reminds me mm-hmm. well, talking you... of lopsided haha uh-huh. <laughs> um well, you... you're say yet. you've just reminded me of something in that helen and her kind of bonded through their little kiddlywinks didn't they yeah, they were all going to the playground, but then yeah. Rob stopped that, didn't he? He said, I don't think we need to associate with Grundy's, do we? Oh, Emma Grundy. But Rob put the stop to her and Kirst- oh, but then But then it was Kirsty fighting a way back in, wasn't it, really? Kirsty yeah. never took no for an answer. No. Whereas, okay. That's why she should be queen. 
Mm, yes. Love you, Kirsty. Love you. I'll tell you what, Annabelle Dowler must just feel like Wonder Woman at the minute, mustn't she? I bet she's striding round. Oh, don't put Those any people. more images of Batman versus Superman in my mind. Sorry. Such a dreadful film. Uh, one of the few, I can call, is it, was it a highlight? But Wonder Woman does turn up in it with a sword and a shield, ready to kick some doomsday ass. But oh, it's just such a poor film. Don't see it. Don't see it. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, if you want a good sleep, go watch it. Oh, dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. Oh, um, Claire from Clapham. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham calling. I was just responding to hearing the odious Bruce and Ursula Titchener on uh, last night's episode, which was Wednesday. Well, it was just like listening to a conversation between Rob and Helen. I just thought it was really cleverly done in very small, small amounts of dialogue, just how toxic that relationship is and what potential effect it's had on Rob, although that's no excuse for him being horrible, of course. The other thing that I'm wondering is, I think lots of us are pinning our hopes on Miles Titchener to ride to the rescue in some way, and I'm I'm not alone, I suspect, in that. I have a vision that he will be some miraculously well-adjusted, hopefully gay person who will come and spill the beans on how a horrible Rob and his entire family are. I fully expect to be disappointed in this. I suspect he's probably just as horrible as everybody else uh, or has a very good reason to stay away from his family and not get involved in any way whatsoever. But uh, there's my hopes anyway. Claire, I think there are some straws and you're clutching at them, love. (laughs) That's what you're doing. Miles Titchener, she says, is going to be the rescuer. Hmm. Um, It is... Miles keeps being mentioned, doesn't he? Mm. And... We don't know anything about him. She said, uh, Ursula said in a very strange way, he is his brother in a kind of a, well, he's hardly likely to pay any attention to him, is he? But then he, you know, in a blood's thicker than water type way, Um, which makes me think that possibly he's not like the rest of his deeply unpleasant family, uh, which would be very good for him. Um, But I wonder if he is going to show up. Um... You because think... he does keep being mentioned. Why would he have a brother unless unless he was a thing, you know? Yeah, and he needs to provide stark contrast. Context as well. Yeah, because yeah. obviously um, Ursula and... I can't remember the name of her hubby. Um, Bruce. Bruce are supposed to be the future for Rob and Helen. Mm. Yeah. So... so so we've been told in a strictly um, soapy way, and I don't mean that to be at all disparaging, that this is the reason why Rob is the way that he is, that he has this boorish, controlling, uh, nasty father who has beaten down his partner, Ursula, through, I don't know, 50 years of marriage, so that she has, she, for the most part, shares his kind of uh, warped, cold view of the world every now and then there are little hints of humanity with Ursula but fundamentally you know she's bought into that kind of dystopian view of the world um, and that's the reason why Rob is the way that he is and Do you think there were flashes of humanity in Ursula well there was she wasn't 
think think about it. When Peggy turned up this week, she didn't say, "Oh fuck off, your your no, granddaughter stabbed no, my." No, but that's wouldn't would she? Because she's a titianer, so they use any opportunity no, th- to put someone else on the back foot. No, but but Peggy wasn't put on the back foot, and actually Ursula cried, and I, and I take that as being somewhat genuine because she didn't. That wasn't a, a stage thing in terms that she knew Peggy was going to turn up. I said there's the odd flash. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, She's a yeah. wizened old boot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this all in perspective. Whereas, uh, whereas Bruce is just unremittingly nasty. You, 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 yes. do, you did see that little flash with Ursula. Because mm. viewing it from her point of view, okay, if my son has just been stabbed in the guts by a woman's granddaughter and she knocks on the door... I don't think I'd be that pleasant to her. No. Doesn't it doesn't matter whether he deserved it or not. I don't no. I wouldn't have literally opened the door and invited her in and said, Oh, Peggy and cried on her shoulder. I wouldn't have. No. I, I don't think most people would have. No. So um so I think the whole point of Miles is whether he's gonna be key to breaking this whole thing open and you know, to shine a light on the Titchener family to say, Look, we're all you're all evil and that's the reason why i had to break away and join the hippie commune or whatever what you know he's going to be in stark contrast he can't be more of the same i'd I'd already cantered ahead you see and had miles coming in and telling everybody that um actually that they were all awful and blah 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 and saving the day and then marrying helen (laughs) i make do you think while she's in holloway yeah that was a bridge to they're shutting holloway yes i know but I just can't um, think of another female prison. My 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 um my children when we used to drive past there, uh, Tilly used to say, "That's where the naughty ladies go." <laughs> so you have to be very very naughty to go in there. You have to do a really naughty thing. Just imagine what she thought they were doing. Um. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Uh, but. But then I thought, no, we can't have that because we can't have um a woman marrying two brothers again. That wouldn't work. You can't have. To, that twice in the same soap no, opera. No, no, no. no. <sighs> but then I do like the sound of that barrister, you see. Do you? Yeah. Not for me, for Helen. Oh. Okay. I, I want I want I want I want her to redeem um you know, to be to to to, to, to for, for for the male sex to redeem themselves in her eyes and 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 and, and to actually meet somebody really, really nice. But then she'll go back for being a to be or no, she probably won't go back to being a sod, will she, once she's um come out of this if she ever does <gasps> sometime in the next decade yes and just whilst we're, we're on this point of um children being this you know nature over nurture uh rob titchener's family being horrid hence he's horrid links back to what i was saying about henry that in strictly dramatic um, cause and effect terms, we are setting Henry up to be a um, incredibly dysfunctional, dark adult yeah. going forward. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. No. You know, and now we categorically know that he saw everything. It wasn't a case if he was slightly pushed out the way and didn't see his uh, no. mother stab his father in the guts. Um, that is the only I, way that do, can be written do, going do, forward. Do you know what I think is going to happen? What? Can I do a plot prediction? Oh, I'm whispering. It's your podcast, Lucy. I'm, you can do whatever you want. I'm whispering because I'm not very sure about it. <laughs> I think. Go on. 
I think no one's listening, are they? It's all right. I think that stats would tell you otherwise, and also the fact that we're in the I top know. ten of iTunes TV and film podcasts, which somewhat is false representation, but they don't have a section for radio. Right. Mm. But anyway, so there is no stats one listening other there. than <laughs> the eighty billion people that are listening. Yeah. Well, I think that when they start interviewing Henry the sound effect. Mm-hmm. They're going to find that Rob's been hitting him all the way through. <laughs> and, what? Why are you laughing? See, I told you it was a shit idea. But I think because there was all this bollocks that Rob was saying before about obedience, Henry. Mm. Do you remember? Mm. I'm going to teach you what obedience means. And I think Henry is going to be the key to it. And Henry is going to start. And Henry is going to reveal a lot of stuff that we don't know. Mm. Wouldn't that really shortchange us as listeners? Because the amount well, of detail... Like as before. <laughs> but true, 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 true. But the amount of detail that's gone into yeah, building up the, true. you know, the case against Rob. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't really need to bring in stuff we haven't heard, do we? We've exactly. Yeah. And okay. then there was that time when Daddy said an awful thing to yeah. Mummy. You know, and it's uh, yeah. no, 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 okay. no, no. And and actually, Henry is uh, in effect a prosecution witness, isn't he? Yeah. Because they, when the police interviewed him, that was Kirsty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a case of, well, I was there minding my own business, wandered down for a cookie, and then I saw Mummy stab Daddy in the guts. Daddy fell down to the ground, and then Mummy went in for the coup de gras. <laughs> That's what happened. PC plod. <laughs> and I said, all right, mum, can I watch a DVD now? And she said, yes, daddy's sleeping. <laughs> I said, so, yeah. Pool of blood. Mm-hmm. Yes, Rob. Hello, it's Titian here. No plot predictions this week um, after my triumph last week. Um, just an observation, really. Wondering if anyone else has noticed how the story is now being told from everyone else's point of view and not Helen's. And we have no idea what's going on with Helen, which is really interesting, I think, because previously we were all really annoyed that nobody knew what was happening because we were listening to Rob and Helen. And some people were saying, well, that's the point. Nobody can see. And now I find it funny that we're all really frustrated that we can actually only see it from everybody else's point of view. And we have no idea what's happening with Helen. I really enjoy that, and I assume it's deliberate by the scriptwriters. Um, I think it's quite fun, obviously. I hope it doesn't drag on forever. Titian73, mm-hmm. fresh from her marvellous prediction of exactly what was going to happen last week. Oh, uh, did she have money on the Grand National? No, she says she doesn't know the lottery numbers either, and she's never going to make another plot prediction because none of them will ever uh, be as good as that one. Um, she said it's interesting that we're now hearing the Rob and Helen storyline from everyone else all before we've had two years of solely hearing it from Helen. We've, we've been, we've been with Helen Mm. as she's been um, on the receiving end of the gaslighting. Mm. And now all we're hearing is, is, is the situation from everyone else's point of view and not Helen's. Um, Yeah. Which is, which is interesting uh, from a narrative perspective. And I think, um, it is going to kind of um, sort the men from the boys, the people that are able to identify a that they were wrong. The people, the people, there will be people that will say, "I always thought there was something funny about him, even when they abjectly didn't." Um, there will be the people that 
find it like Peggy, just find it all. Oh, dear. It's all a bit, you know, it's all a bit common and a bit attention seeking and a bit. Um, it's not nice. Um, and the people that uh, like Susan, she's always been highly strung. She's always been neurotic. She's blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, yeah. So it is going to it is going to divide the village up into who's team Rob, who's team Helen, you know, who's kind of um, who's willing to accept that they that they were taken in. Uh, which is quite mm. a big thing because it's not just Helen that's been taken in. It's it's everybody um, except Kirsty. Um, yes. Mm. Right. That's an excellent point. Yes. Miriam. Now. Can I, can I just yes, say, sorry. right. What does that have to say it like that for? What? As if to, you're not long. Yeah, go on. No, 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 because it makes me feel bad because I go whizzing on to the next thing and I forget to ask you if you want to say anything, but I just presume that you'll chip in. Well, I'm just chipping in. Uh, with a, a wider kind of um, dramatic narrative analogum to all of this, right? And it goes like this. So, uh, Captain America Civil War is coming out next month. No, it's well, you N- did N- say wider, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you, for now. And it's the same, fundamentally, you know... Um, it's the same thing whereby people have to take sides. All uh, right. So Captain America oh. is going up against Iron Man. Right. And Black Widow is on Iron Man's side. And then like Falcon's on Captain America's side. Because friends are forced to choose because of this Government Registration Act. And when you talked about the fact that the it village... It's like the game that my son plays. You be Iron Man and you be on my side. And then you be da 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 and you be on their side. I'll tell you and what. We it... have to win. <laughs> we'll but, win this time and then you win next time <laughs> and that's the last thing i'm going to say about superheroes in this episode where we are still suffering from uh in, from being in shock because rob titchener got it in the guts and, and and just just before we complete who is the next call lucy miriam oh okay before we come on to miriam um i i don't think we've quite um patted Oh, Mr. O on the back enough in terms of the absolute blanket press and publicity that this thing has actually got. In it, It's very obviously been um, a ratings hit, uh, a PR hit. And, you know, if we can have Paul Truman raising over £110,000 off the back of a, a fictional character, if it's on the front of the Daily Mail, it, you know... It, you know, it's on uh, the the Today program, etc. It, it's fairly safe to say that this storyline and the Archers, in and of itself, at least for a week or two, has become a cultural phenomenon within the UK. Um, that cannot be denied. So um, there you go. I've said it. So, I mean, Mr. O'Connor, if you think that we always say nasty things about you, you're wrong. So there you go, sir. And um, though I might go, hmm. It's gone in a direction that I, I don't necessarily care for. I fully appreciate that you've put the archers on the UK cultural dramatic map, sir. Miriam? Yes, Miriam. Hello, my name's Miriam and I'm pretty much a first-time listener. started listening on Monday when I couldn't get enough of the archers. Uh, I'm out walking my dog, Bertie, uh, and I live in Edinburgh. Um, anyway, I was just calling to say I had a dream the other night. 
the archers came into my dream, not for the first time, but it doesn't happen that often. And somebody tries to finish off Rob. It was in the hospital room. They used some kind of small animal to attach something to his drip. I think it might have been whiskey. What I would interpret this as meaning is potentially Tom is going to get Henry to try and administer some poison to finish off Rob. Sadly, at the end of my dream, Pat and Tony were having a discussion. The phone rang and there was breathing down the phone, heavy breathing, and I think it was Rob and they'd been unsuccessful. So maybe a a strange prediction, but I reckon it could happen considering what's been going on recently and I thought you should know. First time caller in a She's rung in to tell us her dream. <laughs> now, uh, Miriam didn't really go through all the steps, did she? She didn't. She because... did say she was work- walking her dog called Bertie. Mm-hmm. That's given us a bit of detail. So you think yeah. she's a professional dog walker? No, because right. if she was, she's a terrible one because she's walking her own dog. And <laughs> she's not charging herself. Maybe so she... that would be a bit rubbish. Maybe she's a dog walker in training. And she's, you know, in training, walking her own dog. She sounds quite young. I bet she's a student or something. Mm. And she did also say she'd only listened to last week's episode was the first Dumbly Dum as well. Yes. So. Um, but she thinks a small animal in mm-hmm. her dream, a small animal atta- attaches whiskey to Rob's drip, which she then interpreted using the most extraordinary um, psychology magazine style... <laughs> uh, depth of insight um that it's um tom getting henry to administer poison to rob um <laughs> i probably think you need to knock off the stilton just before you go to bed miriam to be honest um but i do think that henry will be the key some way in some way i think i think he will i don't know why um uh yes but maybe it was a badger the small animal was a badger Attaching whiskey to Rob's drip. There we are. And now Maeve. Ooh, go on then. Hello, Lucy. Hello, Royfield. It's Maeve. Hello, everybody. Sorry for not ringing in earlier this week. Um, had a bit of a domestic drama of my own, Royfield. Uh, Tuesday evening, my elderly ex-father-in-law tipped himself down the stairs, um, backwards, into a door jab. And uh, that resulted in a rather nasty uh, head wound. Um, which he refused to go to hospital. So, of course, when I popped in to check in him the next day, Wednesday morning, he uh, was still bleeding, as you do, from a gash in the head. Um, And I had to kind of bundle him into my little Mazda and whiz him off to Ealing Hospital so we could get his head glued back together again. But I have to say, you know, Ealing Hospital, amazing. Uh, NHS, fantastic. He, we were seen uh, within minutes of arriving, and every member of staff uh, were was was delightful. And uh, it, it, despite it being a junior doctor strike, um, which of course I support, um, but yeah, they were amazing. So coped very well with a rather stressed fifty-year-old uh, woman, um, a rather confused and all-round belligerent eighty-four-year-old man, and a rather bored sixteen-year-old. So yes, a big up to the NHS. Back to the the drama that is uh, the archers. I was going to ring in 
and talk about social care and talk about children's services and what may or may not happen to Henry. Things have moved on slightly there because he has been seen by children's services. According to Tom, they popped in and checking on his welfare. He's also been interviewed by the police um, where they'll be looking to get uh, best evidence from him. He's obviously staying with Pat and Tony. How long that will happen? That will, will continue on? We don't know. Because Pat, obviously, mother of the year, not... Um, missed all the signs but however let's not go there um it, it may be that if if rob recovers he may request that henry comes and lives with him because he's got peel in terms of the little unborn titchener i'm not quite so sure about that little baby because again uh, rob could request that once the baby is born that he has the baby he could uh well the prison authorities mm, they might give if, if, if helen gives birth fairly soonish, because I think she's due quite soon anyway. Um, they might allow her to go to a mother and baby unit with a little baby, um, or they could, if the child is already on a child protection plan, um, remove him uh, from Helen's care at birth. So there's lots to play for there. Um, and like I say, the horrifying prospect of Rob recovering um, is bad enough, but Rob recovering and then being given custody of both boys, it's horrendous because obviously Henry will be packed off to boarding school as quick as you can say, bye mother. Um, and goodness knows what will happen with the um, with this obviously the the fruit of Rob's loins. Who really is? That's the baby he really loves. That's what he wanted all along. That was his game plan. So yeah, so watch this space, really. May I'm very sorry about your ex father in law. Is that right? Um, yes, that all sounds horrible. Uh, belligerent, bleeding eighty six year olds complaining bitterly in A and E. Um, but my mum said the same thing as you, Maeve. What happens if Rob gets better and requests custody of both the children, which he could do, obviously, because he's legal guardian, isn't he? He's got rights to both of them. Mm. And that would be awful. My mum said, I had that thought and then I didn't like that thought. And I thought, yes, no, I don't like that thought either. That's horrible. No. Mm. Yes. Similar thing is Jacqueline Berto's call. Which um, kind of uh, ditto what I said vis-a-vis uh, -vis, uh, Goddess Diva. Yeah. Know, it's, um, we, we are somewhat of a support group, really, aren't we? Hi, it's Jacqueline Berto from Sanguen in France here. Thanks for the two podcasts this week, um, Royfield and Royfield and Lucy. I haven't listened to The Archers apart from Sundays and Mondays this week and I haven't been on social media and I'm not going to listen to today's omnibus simply because my life's getting in the, in the way. But my thoughts have been about Henry. Four years ago, my granddaughter was involved in an incident not dissimilar but very different <laughs> in many ways uh, to the one that, which Henry was involved in. She was taken away from her mother and uh, went to live with her other grandmother, um, where she is now, and she's fine. But it took a long time and a lot of support to get any real information out of her. Now, the police were very, very specialised. Social workers had very specialised care, and in fact, it was the other grandmother who shares a lot with me, uh, who got a lot more information in um, a relaxed family setting, often at bath time, often, you know, having a cuddle with a book at bedtime. 
talked about the things that she'd seen and we don't know the long-term um, effects on her. We don't believe at this moment that she finds the separation from her mother too difficult. Every child is different, every person is different. It's hard to know with Henry because, of course, he's going to have two grandmothers who aren't necessarily friends, who aren't necessarily going to see things from the point of view, same point of view. Rest assured that we do know that the British social services are very much, and the police are very much geared up to handling um, children with uh, who've witnessed any kind of traumatic experience, no matter what age they are. Um, and my granddaughter was only four years old, so a little young, tiny bit younger than um, Henry, and an extremely articulate uh, child, unlike um, uh, Henry. But so that's where my thoughts are. Worrying about Henry and hoping that the social services in Borsetshire are as good as they are in Yorkshire. Well, you just never know what goes on in people's, you know, um, shocking or, or, or not unbelievable, but shocking or dramatic or sort of too, too exciting is not the right word. What's the right word? Just too, too traumatic to be real life. And then you mm. meet people who say, no, that happened to me. Mm. And, you know. It does go to back up what Goddess Diva was saying in that these things happen to people. But... Mm. My whole point was that the the construct was to inform and to educate us. Yes, we were being entertained by uh, by the the narrative in that it's in a drama, but we were we were basically told that you're being instructed as to how this thing plays mm. out and 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 how um, you can emotionally control somebody by by subtly degrading them one tiny little uh, paper cut at, at a time and um, but that is not at all to say that what Helen did didn't make any sense in terms of that bit of reacting mm. to the way that she was pushed it's just that we just went from education to uh, salacious drama in one mm. fell swoop and and that was a thing which knocked not just me but a whole load of listeners for six but if you're playing for ratings it was the right thing to do yeah I've just had a little weep into my washing up. My son was playing Bohemian Rhapsody on the guitar and he just got to the bit where the words are, Mama, I just killed a man, and I welled up. Is that normal? I mean, these are not real people. Gosh, what a week, what a week. I think we could all talk for hours and hours, but of course we can't, so I'm going to try and, um, try and be a bit succinct. First thing that I'm finding horrifying judging by all the statistics that are coming out with the coverage of this story and the, um, the Archer's role in it, is, is that I must know lots and lots of people who've been in this situation and that I just wasn't aware of it. Um, and, and I'm so sort of appalled at myself for not 
recognising the signs. So I think the archers have done a terrific job on this. It's so important. And it, you never know, it may be the beginning of a, of a whole shift in, in behaviour and acceptance, and I just think that's wonderful. So well done, the archers, scriptwriters, actors, editor. I, I, great job, great job. Um, so Susan is revelling in it all, of course, as we thought she would. Um, she almost seemed to be showing off on Friday about her own prison experience, which made me smile a little bit. I'm not sure what's going on with Peggy, why she's being so keen to be in touch and sort of be nice to Ursula. And it's as though she hasn't been told any of the abuse story. And I'm not sure whether she has or not. Um, but I'm finding that's a bit creepy. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, really, following on from the extra podcast this week, um, and thank you very much indeed for that, Royfield. That was a lovely treat and very useful. So I wanted to follow on from what Miss Mid-City said then, um, which was about how this is going to polarise the village completely, and there will be people for Helen, people against Helen, people testifying for the defence, for the prosecution. Um, this is going to cause deep rifts in the village, possibly even within families. Um, and, and I can't remember any other storyline in my 23, 4 years of listening that has done that. Vicky Cole crying into the washing up. Oh. I know. But yeah, she says the same thing. I must know people who have been in this situation. That's what's, that, that is what's scary. And yes, Susan is reveling in it, isn't she? You can't, she's, you know, she said, well, I've been up there and I've, you know, it's such a, you know, there's no need for her to be hovering around outside Blossom Hill Cottage. You know, she's just gone. She's one of those awful people and you see them such a lot inability to contain they cannot especially if it's a nasty thing they cannot hold on to it they get actually very excited it's almost like a bizarre almost like a sexual excitement it's just very strange this kind of um they're the people that cause massive traffic jams by slowing right down to have a look at accidents on the motorway um and people who will use their phones on their use their cameras on their phones at really inappropriate moments and people who actually find terrible terrible events extremely exciting um but in a very it's a very uncivilized and a very sort of savage way uh savage thing to do um so yes susan is having a whale of a time uh, mm. particularly because the press want to talk to her and everything else and i bet it was her that gave that picture of helen no it wouldn't have been anybody giving the picture would it of helen in from blind spirit because that would have been well, in the that, local paper yeah, exactly. and that was sunday anyway wasn't it mm. um but yes has anyone told peggy about the abuse of, by the i mean i think tony is being quite unpleasant to i mean as much as i loathe the bloody woman i think tony is being quite unpleasant to peggy and is kind of it's all i i know that she's not going to say anything that will help and she's probably going to say stuff that will make things worse because that's the type of woman she is but he has he does have a sort of a duty to really tell her what happened and um, and she doesn't know does she she has no idea no, that no Bob idea. Was, was was abusive to helen which i suppose presume is three quarters of reason why she went round to Blossom Hill Coffee. Yeah, because as far as she's concerned, her daughter, her granddaughter's done this awful thing, mm. you know. I, I still think, though, if this is going to play true to character, that even when she finds out, 
yeah, she's she'll gonna, still play that. Yeah, yeah she'll still say, yeah. well. Oh, know, yeah. Because she's yeah. from a completely different generation, yeah. isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and she's going to be sufficiently old school that she's going to, you know, she's going to say, well, did he hit her? Were the bruises? Yeah. Were, did he break limbs, etc.? She's not mm. going to understand. Emotional the, abuse, no. Yeah, well, emotional. in my day, we just had a hot yeah. cup of tea and got on with it, yeah. Yeah, and and I went and for a walk. And she is looking at it from a what will people think standpoint. Yeah, you know, it's she's... so embarrassing. It's so awful. Who are all these people gawping? To be, says. but you know what though, we've been somewhat, uh, we somewhat sort changing Peggy a little bit here. Yes, it was a different generation, but she also had an abusive, emotionally abusive yeah. relationship with Jack, didn't she? Yeah. So she's yeah. going to say, well, what I did was I went for a, for a walk, and you know, and I, yeah. you know. Yeah. let him have his rages or whatever so she's actually gonna have a perspective which in 2016 we wouldn't understand but it's makes... quite interesting if i can just go into the personal for a minute mm. i have a friend who um left an appalling marriage and she told her mother and her mother was hugely unsupportive and it was it caused a massive family rift and was very very because it it had cost the, my friend an awful lot to 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 walk away from the from the marriage she had a young child and all that but the the mother in a in a, the heat of the moment said i put up i put up with my husband you know your father for years and years and years mm. and who said you had the right to leave what, and she was jealous. Really? Yeah. She actually felt jealous that, that she felt that her daughter should have stayed and suffered like she did. Gosh. And you just think this is incredible. This is, that's not maternal. That's not, you know, wanting your best for your child. But she felt that there was some strange nobility in her suffering with an awful husband and that her daughter should have done the same. You know, it, and it, and it, the, the relationship's never been the same since, obviously. But yeah, I was thinking about this Helen and Robbie thing. Robbie, mm. let's call him Robbie. It makes him sound all insignificant, doesn't it? Um, I was thinking about it in terms of who shot Jr. and all that. You know, when everyone was buying the T-shirts. Mm-hmm. So, but the, the the difference is, the people on Dallas weren't normal people, were they? No, they were very. You couldn't relate to them because they were all, you know, alcoholic, fraudulent. Uh, well, obviously, I am an alcoholic fraud, but you know, um, you know, living this incredible lifestyle in somewhere odd and swimming pools and everybody drinking whiskey at ten o'clock in the morning and jewels and Alex's Colby and all that. Um, and so it was completely that was dynasty. That's oh, not sorry, Dallas. Whatever it was, um, Miss Ellen and Miss Ellie. Miss Ellie, um, yeah, and Jock. Yes. But yeah, and people landing in helicopters in the back garden. But this is, you know, these people. Are I pe- always felt sorry for Ray Krabs. Did you? Yeah, remember him because he was the brother who oh, was, yes. you know, he was just wasn't he? Yeah, and he was a he was a proper cowboy, and he wasn't really it wasn't in the business, was he? He yeah. was jocks, but not Miss Ellie's or something or another, and yeah, he was half shunned by by the family. But we couldn't relate to any of those people really I related to him to him and i know i'd kind of disagree with you because you you related to him 
you related though Cliff Barnes was just a little bit too he took victimhood way too far but when when extraordinary things happen to them mm. like people coming out the shower and it was all a dream <laughs> else, you kind of it just went into the bucket of yeah well it's Dallas isn't it it's nonsense they're 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 people we don't believe in but these people we hear Ruth worrying about not having fish fingers for tea and running to the shop and and Shula giving up chocolate for Lent and and things very very mundane everyday things and mm. that's why this has been so much more claustrophobic and powerful mm. because they're real people doing real things and sometimes it's boring because a lot of the time real life is extremely boring um and you know and then and then something very very dramatic happens and it gets to us more because it is extraordinary in an ordinary world yeah i hear that and i, and I, I take that yo Hello, Dumb to Dumb. It's Yokel Bear here calling from Yokel Shire. Um, I've still got a bit of a croaky voice, so please bear with me. Never known a week like this on the Archers in its entire history. And, um, I mean, the first thing, after my rather stunned call last week, after the Sunday um, episode, having thought about it, is that, first of all, I completely agree with everything that Roy Field said in the um, the Roy France last week. Um, I think there, there could have been better ways to deal with this um, kind of denouement of the, of the whole storyline. My concern is now is that we've had a whole week of literally the whole storyline has been based around Rob and Helen, um, which is inevitable. I'm not, I'm not saying that that shouldn't have happened, but you've seen in the press that you know people have been saying this storyline's going to go on for a year and they're going to do it in real time. There's a lot more to the Archers than this, and I know I'm not saying this isn't an important storyline, I'm not saying that it's had a massively beneficial effect in highlighting the issue. But there's more to them, the archers, than this. And my worry is, is that as we go into the second week of this kind of, this whole story arc, is the archers just going to become this story arc? Because there's more that I want to know about what's happening in Ambridge. Um, I think it is possible to do this in real time, because there are going to be times in this entire story where not much is going on. If they're doing it real time, then there's going to be date breaks between kind of court dates and what have you. But I really hope that they use that to get back to the other storylines that we've been missing. I mean, at the moment, yeah, it's been fantastic drama and unbelievably acted this week. But, you know... I want to know what's happening with David and um, David and Ruth's new herd. I want to know what's happening with Kate and the hippie commune. Oh, and God help me. I even want to know whether Pip's still with Matthew. And I really couldn't care less about that. But I need to know. We need to pick up some of the storylines again. I don't want this to dominate. I mean, that's basically what I'm saying. There's more to them the archers than this storyline. And I think it's time that it started getting back on track again. <laughs> Still sounding nice and throaty and sexy there, Yoko Bet. Um, 
I feel as if I'm in the bit between Christmas and New Year when you lose all track of what day it is and you only know because of whatever's on the television and you've got your, radio, your Christmas radio times. Um, we've had a week <laughs> that was one... We had a week that was one day, didn't we? Mm. So now do we come back to normal time? I'm confused. Um, and uh, yes, I completely agree. There is a lot more to the Archers than this storyline. And if this is the DG said yesterday that um, this story is going to carry on for a year. Brace yourselves, chaps. Um, but I think it, it is like some when somebody dies suddenly, at first it is that stop all the clocks thing. And you just think, well, nothing is ever going to be the same again, ever. Nothing is going to be the same again. And then, you know, and you wander around Sainsbury's looking at all these people shopping and thinking, what are you all doing? Do you not know that this person's died? And then things just slip back into sort of normality and what what was extraordinary becomes ordinary. And we will, you know, I want to know about the really tall curtains. Yokel Bear wants to know about his pip still with Matthew, you know. And and even Susan said, well, normal life has to go on. But she said it reluctantly because she loves all this stuff. But, you know, it's <laughs> it, it, we will get back to it. And this will be just a part of, of everyday life at Ambridge. Mm. Hello, you two. It's Diane here. One of some of Twitters. Um, the story of actually not speak its name. I am one of the people who is very disappointed and somewhat annoyed that they've decided to take the stabbing line with this story. They've been telling us that this storyline has been about domestic abuse and domestic violence, um, but about the, the ways that people can get help and how to spot the signs and to help people out of these situations. Well, they've just failed, haven't they, because they've finished things off with um, Helen resorting to violence and doing so in a way where this has to go to court. There's nothing else that's going to be... There, there is no other solution. So that's not very fair and the person who's going to be picking up strings once um, Sean goes back over to EastEnders. I have noticed that there's a lot of people who seem to be very confused about the way the justice system works. And I'm not a legal person. I don't have any connections with the criminal justice system. But from my understanding, the storyline has been presented as exactly as it would happen. You've had uh, an assault has happened. The person has admitted to it. Um, the police have a job to establish that a crime has been committed, to identify what the crime is, and to identify who has committed the crime, to charge that person, and then pass the files on to the CPS. It goes to court. The court decide whether they're going to carry on with it. It gets moved over to the Crown Court. Um, and on the, what's happening on the 5th of May is not the start of a trial. It's for the plea where Helen will be asked whether she is guilty or not guilty. We know that she's going to say not guilty. And then I don't know when the course case is going to start. These things take absolutely months. It could be you know, could be at least nine months before it actually gets to court. And then once she's assigned a barrister, which as far as I can tell, she hasn't got yet, the chap who's been dealing with her is a solicitor, then it's the barrister's team's job to put the case that she was defending Henry that she had been put into a situation where she felt that there was nothing else that she could do in the circumstances and uh, so this is going to be dragging on for a very long time that baby is going to be born in prison and it's just 
very, very tedious and too much like what's been happening on TV soaps, in my humble opinion. I know some people disagree with that. Moanes says much the same thing about the storyline dragging on and that the baby will be born in prison. I've completely lost track of when the baby's due. Isn't it May? It's pretty imminent, yeah. It seems like she's been pregnant for two years. So it must a be lot very of, imminent. There's a lot of stories, aren't there, about women's welfare, prison welfare trusts, about women having to be um, give birth in shackles and things, in handcuffs. Really? In mm. Oh, gosh. Because they're, they're trying to... I'll never forget when I was pregnant with my first child going to uh, the Royal Free mm. and um, sitting in the antenatal thing. And next to me was a a girl who cannot have been more than 16 and she was with her prison warder and heavily pregnant. And uh, she'd come from Holloway and they went in to see the nurse together and everything. And I just thought, oh, my God, this is a child having a child in prison. It was just awful. <sighs> um, this is a jolly episode issue, isn't it? Lovely. But people are well, loving this. I've tried to lighten it with a little I'm bit sorry. of superhero talk. I know. Because it's unremittingly grim. <laughs> Wait till we get to Tweets of the Week, though. They take black humour to new levels. That will cheer you up. Ooh. Ooh. Andrew Horn, yes. They found out he was... Oi, 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 oi. What are you doing just, like, whizzing through these calls? Can I just say that I really... I've always agreed with everything that Yokel Bear says. And he's somebody who knows a cogent argument when he hears one. And he, he said that one was made by me last week and he agreed with it. Oh, jolly good, except we're doing one S now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much you whiz through these calls. I can't even keep up with you. You're going at the speed of light, woman. Because You're otherwise, like a bullet train. We're still going to be in next Easter. That's why. <laughs> people are planning their summer holidays. They've been on them and come back. We're still talking. <laughs> <sighs> Andrew yes. Horn's five points. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. I have uh, five points uh, to uh, mention, and I'll rattle through them as quick as I can. Uh, first of all, I expect people will be wondering where Usha is. Well, the stabbing was on Low Sunday, the Sunday after Easter. And so uh, in the week after Easter, clergy always go on holiday, as indeed our own New York Nigel has gone. So um, Usha will be away on holiday. So that's where she is. Uh, two I'm glad the police have confirmed what I thought when Rob popped up at the school the other month, that uh, he was actually tracking her phone. That explains why he was always popping up. And I was a bit annoyed with myself because I was I predicted that the words would be used highly strung about Helen. Um, I thought it would be Linda who said them, but it was Susan. Um, anyway, that's just a little thing, but at least, at least I'm on the same wave as the uh, as the script wi- script writers. Point four. So we had the pantomime Bruce crude characterization. I think it was so crude because they only wanted him in for one day. I hope that's the reason. And just to reinforce where Rob gets his behaviour from, Ursula was completely different uh, with him than she was the rest of the time we've known her. It was poor. It was just sort of very um, primary colours. But if it means we don't get him back, well, we put up with that with that scene. And finally, Peggy. I saw on my Twitter feed one night a lot of uh, anti-Peggy uh, stuff before I'd listened to it. And I was listening the following morning on the way to the station. And I thought, hey, she's not that bad. 
until she um, offered to send flowers to the hospital. And then I got it. But then with her scenes with Ursula, I think Peggy, and I know Lucy will just say, I'm looking for the good in everyone. Um, And it probably is the case, but I think Peggy's just struggling to adapt. Uh, She is off her time. She's not used to all of this. And, um, and she feels useless. Her family are cutting her out because they don't understand themselves and they don't want to bother her. But but she's just there, left on the sides, not knowing what to do. So I do feel a little bit of sympathy for Peggy. Andrew Horn's five points. I I could. I mean, you could talk about two of them. Uh, that he was tracking her phone. Yes, mm. the git. Well, that's not. I mean, that's how. That's how he he was turning up at school and you know seemed to know where she'd been a lot of the time so did you see so and so so when was that so i trying to catch her out um and yes susan dropped the highly strung bomb didn't she mm. um but no doubt peggy will too may i do isaac q now please mr royfield brown uh can i not say anything to what andrew horns actually yes. said am i not allowed to yes. like also comment yes you are I think it was significant that the old bill, the filth, the fuzz, the rosers, the cops mentioned that they knew that he was yes. uh, tracking her phone. Yes. So. Well, it, it felt like a tiny little bit of evidence, didn't yes, it? Yes. Yeah. That they knew he was a git. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isaac Q hasn't listened. Whoa, 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 Sorry. whoa. Now, do you know where the expression the pigs comes from? No. For the police? No. Black Panthers, Oakland, mid-60s. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an amazing documentary. Um, I forget exactly what it was called, but um, it Black Panthers on, on, on iPlayer. And so the Black Panthers start in the mid-60s in Oakland. And at that time, legally, you could carry, uh, uh, have an, an open, open carry. Basically, you can have a gun, you know, swinging from your belt, and, and walk down the street. So they just took it to the nth degree because of police brutality. So the police were r- driving around these neighbourhoods and just brutalising um, young African American African American men. And they and uh, the Black Panthers had a distinctive way of dressing and basically were um, a pressure group with some kind of vigilantes and they said well okay the, the state law says we can open carry so they carried shotguns and it's the most amazing scene Lucy where you can see Ronald Reagan is now the governor of uh, California and they go uh, and he's and he's talking outside of some state capital or wherever uh, having some some uh, meet and greets and the Black Panthers turn up with shotguns and it is just the most incredible thing to watch, and the police couldn't do anything because actually mm. it was it was legal. It was the law. Mm. Um, and they had this uh, they had this uh, magazine newsletter. Sorry, and the artist whose name I completely forgot forget. Sorry, slowly morphs the draw the drawings the depictions of the police from human police to pigs. And that, oh. and it's that's where we get the expression from calling the police the pigs. So then, a couple of years later, you got like the Berkeley protests, and then you have white liberal students shouting out, you know, to the pigs, you know, yeah. and against the pigs, and it's because of the Black Panthers. 
if you want to see the most fascinating... I thought it was an English thing. I didn't realise. Me too. Me too. I just presumed it was English as well. But no, it's actually the Black Panthers. And this one policeman told um, a great little anecdote as to... He says, I knew we had lost uh, the confidence of that neighbourhood, of that community, when I'm driving around in my patrol car one day and I see the cutest little African-American girl and I get out and she's really cute she's there in a little little pink dress and little bows in her hair and I said hello Missy how are you today and she went go fuck yourself pig <gasps> <laughs> and he said I knew we'd lost it we just lost the confidence of these people when this little girl and I said get in my car and just, just drive off yeah mm. god well I don't know how we got to the Black Panthers from Andrew Horn pigs Rosers, Do you think he's a member? <laughs> <laughs> the fuzz. <laughs> but just on this, and you did mention it um, kind of in your script that this is now a mashup of the bill yeah. and casualty. And it did feel like a, a law and order procedural, didn't it? You know, so you went isn't through the, the gears. Actresses, the actress that's playing Maidley, isn't she? She is an actress from, she's already playing a policewoman in something else. That's so I've read somewhere. Yeah, I so can't I've read somewhere, what. but it, it did. <laughs> research there by me. Mm. Yeah, it did feel that we were just going through the, you know, the, the gears of a completely another show. But but anyway, um, let, we've still got. So have we done Isaac Q? No, we haven't. Hi, Lucy. Hi, Royfield. This is Isaac Q calling from Winnipeg. Boy, do I miss you guys. I miss you two and the whole community of Collie Rinners and Millie Bell and Witherspoon. I'm calling today because, um, well, I had uh, actually walked away completely from the Archers about seven or eight months ago. The whole Rob storyline had become so overbearing for me personally and uh, intolerable that I just couldn't listen. I, I needed to get away from it. I did check back again around New Year's because I remember many people theorizing that the storyline would come to a head around Christmas and, and all be over by the time 2016 began. But I listened to a bit of Dumpty Dum and found that, you know, people were theorizing that, oh, this is still going to go on for a long time yet. And so, obviously, I, I realized, no, the time is not right for me to start listening again. But something interesting happened the other day. I was looking through my RSS feeds on my computer and I saw an episode title of Dumpty Dum that says, Helen Stabs Rob. <laughs> and, of course, I read it five or six times because I thought I was misreading and then I saw some of the other titles from your previous few episodes, including Helen's Beatdown. And I'm just thinking, did this whole thing ramp up to to the that point? Or are you guys using exaggerations in your titles? Is that a joke? <laughs> well, obviously, it's not a joke. There's absolutely nothing funny about the situation. But I am preparing now. I have, I'm actually laying on my back with my tummy, my tummy, with my cat on my tummy. Um, and I am about to marathon listen to uh, The Archers and Dumpty Dum in chronological order from January to the current week. And I'm expecting it to be a roller coaster. And I'm hoping I'll be able to call in next week. Uh, I will finally be caught up and be able to talk to you guys about whether we've had some catharsis or if things are even worse than they ever were. And uh, looking forward to being back in this wonderful community. Isaac Q, by the time you hear this, you will have heard what we're talking about because he didn't believe... You know, we called the podcast Helen Stabs Rob. Yes. He thought we were joking. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't believe it because oh. he stopped listening. 
So he's now gone to listen to every back issue, every back episode of The Archers from about December until now. So I'd imagine he's now in his room, stunned, staring at a wall. Um, But no, you see, we weren't. We weren't, Isaac. We were not uh, making it up. It is what happened. And um, you will have heard it now. So he said he'll ring in again once (laughs) once he's sort of acclimatised to uh to the news and the news situation and he says well they he said things can't be worse than they were before mm, i'm not so sure there isaac you see might be wrong mm. i just to um throw a little bit of i know you were talking about susan before and saying how she's just just a dreadful person but but gossip is the the lubricant of of, of life it just is and yes you might take it a little bit far but a bit of Linda and Susan together diving into this. Uh, to be honest with you, I could listen to 12 minutes of that. If they <laughs> wanted to do an enclosed episode <laughs> where Susan, Nasty Mouth Carter, yeah. and Linda, uh, the Sniff Snell, basically yeah. go, oh, and, you know, and, yeah. you know, and just put two and two together and come up with 64, I would sit down and listen to One that. One of my favourite bits was when Susan said, well, I'm worrying about what Annika must think. <laughs> <laughs> you think yes because that is you know the family that you work for has been completely decimated but let's worry what annika rice thinks that's the main thing you know <laughs> god lover um whilst we're on annika rice right why would eddie have her number he didn't he got in touch with her through twitter did he yep because eddie is on twitter yeah well he is we follow him <laughs> I think we've taken I think we've gone through the fourth wall Royfield turned around and set fire to it now <laughs> <sighs> that's just too confusing to go into anyway should we do with a spoon now yes please hey baby I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs mercy Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. So let's see, what are we going to be talking about for the next year? I know the shock is still fresh, but will any other storyline stand a chance next to Law & Order Ambridge? Just think, a mere week ago, I was talking about a newly enlightened Helen, who after her chat with Jess would gradually find the strength to leave Rob and build a new life. But as Paul Truman also noted, her buried rage, coupled with her continued underestimation of Rob's poison venom, prevented her from leaving him when the coast was clear, placing her square in his crosshairs. She had no choice but to defend herself and strike back. I'll get back to that shortly. There's much that everyone will be talking about, and I'll just raise a few random points. In America, the justice system doesn't hold it against the defendant if they say no comment in police questioning. I also think that here she would be granted bail, as she's not a flight risk, despite what the prosecution said. She has no criminal record, and she's not a threat to hurt others. She also needs a level of medical and psychiatric care that she cannot get in jail. Assuming Helen does return home, she needs to receive the very best therapy money can buy in order for her to piece together the events of the past two years and to gain insight into what happened to her on Sunday night. 
Thoughts about three potential witnesses, as also mentioned by Miss Mid-City. First, Jess, so important in helping to establish Rob's pattern of abuse and coercion. But on the flip side, she also provides the prosecution with a realistic motive. Two days before the crime, she told Helen that she had indeed slept with her husband. Uh Uh-oh. Second, St. Shula. Shula is the only other Ambridge resident who had first-hand knowledge of Rob's temper and violence. But that would mean she would have to admit before the world that she lied to the police. Will she do it? And will PC Burns recall the incident and contact the photographer again? Lastly, what about Charlie? Will he testify not only about his suspicions of Rob's financial irregularities, but more importantly that Rob attempted to blackmail him about being gay and having a brief moment with Adam? Wouldn't that blow up another branch of the Archer family tree? And maybe Stefan's body will finally float down the River Am. Now back to Helen. She mentioned to the police that she had started on antidepressant medication a few days before the fight. So possibly, in line with what Tony said regarding a defense of diminished capacity, her barrister could invoke the so-called Prozac defense, that the medication disinhibited her and led to the violent outburst. I'll say it could be a possible factor in very rare cases. It has occasionally been used as a defense, though to my knowledge, just rarely successful. Okay, I've talked enough. Who knows what will happen this week, so I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis signing off. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Uh, Yes, Stefan. See, I think Stefan needs to come back. Uh, Maybe Stefan is blocking blocking the, 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 the bullet wound, the stab wound. See, that's why he needs a colostomy bag. He's, um, Rob has now been hoist by his own culvert. Ha <laughs> ha! Um, and yes, Shula's going to have to fess up, isn't she? Mm. That she didn't tell the truthy truth. Ha ha! You're the expert with a spoon, and I'm just chipping in, clearly. But I don't think she'd been taking the antidepressants long enough for them to have an effect strong enough to make her disinhi- sufficiently disinhibited to go and stab him. I think you need to, aren't they, they're cumulative, aren't they? So I think, I mean, I know Prozac's different, but we don't know it was Prozac. Uh, most of them, you have to take them for a couple of weeks before they kick in, really, mm. unless you have a violent reaction to them. I suppose that would count as a fairly violent reaction, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> before they stab out, even. Yes. Yes. And now we have Julie from Pickering, who also agrees with you, Royf. What a smart cookie she is. Hi Royfield and Lucy, Julie from Pickering here. Totally agree with you Royfield. Yes, it was a bad ending for the the storyline. Helen should have been able to leave strong woman, head held high, to walk away from Rob. And I think it gives a bad message to those women who are in the same situation. Because you, you can't just knife your husband to get out of it. And it would have given a much, much better message to people in the same situation as Helen to say, yes, you can do it. You can walk away. You can be strong. Take courage from your friends and get out of a situation like that. So I do feel as though it's given way to sensationalism. A bit disappointing that it went down the East Enders route. You're right. However, I'm still hanging on to every episode. 
Yes, but I still think it's all very well saying that, you know, she should have left with her head held high and all that. But look at what he'd reduced her to. She'd got no car keys, no money, nowhere to go. Mm. You know, nobody believed what was going on apart from her one ally. She's got a small child with her. And yes, it might seem like the EastEnders route and everything. But, you know, if... he, it's it wasn't a, it's not about having a rational chat is it no, because no, no, the whole no, thing no. has and, gone and, and, no, way no. beyond and, that and, and that that saying I'm going uh, to leave now darling I hope you understand don't try and follow me alright then you know it's, it's no, no way that's coming no 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 and, and, and that I, I completely do uh, agree that and it you know and again I said this last week is that and somebody gave me a little bit of a slap uh, for saying this on, uh, on the Twitters but she was is the right character the right vessel for this story yeah. she is because we completely understand um her weakness her insecurity her just whatever the heck we we get it because we've had mm. enough backstory with her having dysfunctional relationships and and her as you so eloquently put it wanting to be perfect and not feeling that she is we we get it so um, I completely understand in the context of that, that she would want to um, cook Rob a meal, though the the tuna was is her having some form of revenge. It wasn't just, cold, you know, I'm going to sit down with Rob and just explain why I need to go and then I'm going to go. You know, yeah. The, so she did. She did have um, a little bit of an edged, uh, edge to yeah. the whole thing, yeah. right? Because she realizes that yeah. you, know, she, you know he's lied to her, playing her. Yeah, and he's been playing her. Um, and yes, it's very easy for 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 me as a man uh, to say you should just get up, get up and go. And I don't believe that she would have just got up and, and just gone. Um, but as I said before, and I think I said last week, um, if this was playing out she would have left would have been a total screaming match um and she would have been retrieved mm, yeah that coerced back again exactly and that and she would have been a ping pong for a yeah. period of time yeah um we've got lots of emails as well Ooh. but so... oh i'll tell you what we're gonna have to do here here juicy loose um why don't we have a uh, break with tradition and have a cheeky uh five minutes adjourn whereby i uh go downstairs uh get a bit of camp coffee down me and then we'll come back the other side and it won't be for Millie bell and tweets of the week it'll be for email inners okay it's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Anders Seit der Reichsgründung ist es durch 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, World War breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August 
And then, will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. So Royfield has asked me to find out from everyone here tonight where and when do you listen to Dumpty Dum? So while you're thinking about it, I'll say, it's Andrew Horn here, and I listen on my morning commute after I've listened to The Archers, uh, so somewhere between Surbiton, Waterloo, on the Jubilee Line, and through Docklands, and half the way home again if it's a long show. So that's where I listen to Dumpty Dum. Jojo? Uh, it's Jojo Sexy Heels. If by any chance the show does come out late on a Monday night, I listen to the show in bed and I don't go to sleep until it's finished. If it comes out during the day on the Tuesday, I usually listen to it in the car on the way home and then while I'm cooking tea on the Tuesday. Graham, I hear it when I'm sitting at my computer just across the room from my wife Kathy, who will have it churning out on her computer. That's where I hear it. And that's me, Kathy. So always sitting at my desk with my laptop, but at whatever time it comes out. And if it's at an unfeasible... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The uncivilized hour, I'll have the headphones on, but otherwise it's broadcast to the world in general, which is him <laughs> next door that you've just heard. So, always in the same place, but whenever it's ready. Right, so do the emails now? Yes, let's. Okay. Susie from Wisconsin said, 
this week's technique of stretching the events of two days out over the full week in real time was very effective. Yes. Um, and she said, when terrible things happen, one can feel outside of time. And this approach reflected that otherworldly sensation. Yes, absolutely. I agree. I've always thought of Susan as a harmless gossip, but this week she turned positively toxic. That's because, Susie, you probably can't remember some of the appalling things that <laughs> Susan has said to various people and really upset them. Um and who do we have next? I'm editing like mad on the hoof here. So forgive me, anybody, if I miss off some of your bits. I um, did think it was um, interesting that uh, Susan admitted to being, you know, behind bars. Only uh, to Peggy. She didn't say it to Ursula. True that. But still, for even her to admit it, though. And even Peggy got a bit of her old fight back, didn't she? Because she said, oh, yes, of course. Well, you'd know. Yeah. To her. <laughs> um, yeah, but Susan almost sounded smug about it, didn't no, she? No, she did. She did. Yeah. Well, of course, when I... Yeah. It wasn't like a, a deep stain yeah. of shame at all. No. Badge of honour. <laughs> of being behind balls. Oranges <laughs> is the new black. <laughs> yes. Um... This is Lizzie M's plot prediction. Mm -hmm. Helen will go to court and get a prison sentence. While there, the editors will play the popularity of Orange is the New Black and Helen will flourish as her story will earn respect from her fellow prisoners. To recover a sense of self and make some money on the side, she will set up an underground cheese-making operation, having discovered an edible mould when doing one of the prison chores and start rebuilding her life from the inside. I can't think of any names with as good a ring as Borsetcher Blue, unless it's a Swiss-style Holloway Holy. But it's closed now, isn't it? It's the only <laughs> way I can see of ending this story, unfortunately. Thank you, she says. Um, Chris Sanderson. Chris Sanderson is the one who we heard singing with Jacqueline oh. uh, in the beginning. He uh, disagrees with you. What? Yes, I'm sorry. The man's a buffoon. He's... <laughs> Let's move on. Stab him. Um, I don't think it is out of line for the situation to result in Helen stabbing Rob. And I don't think it lowers the archers to the level of EastEnders. Um, I would have agreed with Royfeld if the stabbing had been premeditated. That would have been out of character and out of order. However, it was clearly a loss of control on Helen's part due to the extreme pressure Rob was putting her under. In such circumstances, and given that she thought he was just about to lay into Henry, I think her reaction is both credible and realistic. Mm. Um, I now find myself debating whether or not Helen would be in a better position if Rob died. If he survives, she'll at least avoid a murder charge, but he's such an expert liar that I should just think how he'll manipulate the court case and the witness box, box and the effects will have on Helen. Duh! Yes. Um, now, we have a financial update from Cosmo, who's received a letter uh, copied to him as Ambridge accountant. Is this uh, the Panama Papers? No, it's a letter from Neil to Haley, copied with uh, Cosmo copied in because Cosmo is the the Ambridge's accountant. Oh, okay. Um, Dear Haley, I enclose a cheque to cover your share of profits on the egg business over the last twelve months. Despite Josh being busy with A levels, you will note that the turnover and profits have grown. We have a competitor setting up in Ambridge. They are selling pasture-fed eggs, not organic, but with added health benefits, but are charging another pound a carton. I wasn't too worried till I heard that Josh was helping them and getting a profit share, so he may lose interest in our business. Josh is also planning to do an agri degree at Felpersham, which includes a practical year away from Borsetshire. So I'm really worried the business cannot continue. Are you coming to Ambridge to see Phoebe so we could have a meeting with Josh and plan for the future? Or if we have to sell up, all the best, Neil. Yes. I'd forgotten all about that. You know. I know. I know. 
just don't remember what's going on, do you, the rest of no. it? Uh, Amy Gilbert. Uh, with the drama unfolding at Gaslight Cottage, the police have forgotten two vital witnesses. <laughs> Please step forward, apple pie and custard. Um, for every tweet about the wonderful acting is a tweet about apple pie. Um, I won't be able to think of apple pie in the same way again without picturing Helen dishing out the fatal, fatal blow. What of the custard? Hashtag custard gate. Um, it's at times like this. I am so glad to be an Archers fan. Someone gets stabbed and the high drama of the moment is whether the pie is burnt. P.S. Tim, <laughs> you confirm it's Ambrosia Custard. Asking for a friend. Thanks. Um, Michelle Blackmore, first time email winner. She runs a plant nursery in Herefordshire, proper country, like with actual farmers as neighbours. Uh, she's only listened since Nigel fell off the roof. Um, she likes it when I go ranting on about something and then you just go, hmm. Um, she says that she's she's not dreaming about Robin Helen, but that it was in the back of her mind all the time. So she was sort of um, kind of low, low, low simmer of of stress always worrying about helen so she's very much looking forward to the end of it i actually feel that since the stabbing that's gone for me i don't i'm not worrying about what's going on at blossom hill anymore because i kind of feel like i know now what's going on i know where everybody is and i know that even though she's in prison she's still better off than she was when she was with him uh and that's it oh all right goodness all right um why don't we uh nip over down under and uh, have a little touch of Millie Bell, uh, who's going to have a roundup for us of all things dumpty dum on various bits of social media and the website and whatnot. Good day, everyone. I think we can honestly say that all social network forums have been very, very busy this week. So, without further ado, let's start with our own forum, which has ranged in discussion from. Uh, some reflections on the Robin Helen story uh, to whether anyone else thinks that Rob and Bruce is alike. Uh, someone's asked the question, why did Jess never get pregnant? Uh, and it's right through to someone saying, from a Helen to an audience. So lots to get involved in there. And we really do love having you involved on our forum. So please jump onto dumptydum.com and find it on our forums page. We also had a quick Vox Populi just to say, did you think that Denouement was believable or would you have preferred that the storyline had played out differently? And so many people got involved in this discussion. Uh, Vicky Berry said, I thought it was blisteringly good drama and at the time I was completely riveted. But as others have said, what a shame they banged, up, banged on an EastEnders ending after two years of thoughtful, detailed build-up and character development. Janice Marie Wink said, oh dear, I don't agree with Royfield. I think this storyline is so typically Helen as she always does things in a very, how can I put it, individual and interesting way. It's a bit of a generalisation, but you know what I mean. Sarah Passingham said, totally compelling radio, absolutely glued to it and probably would have been even if Rob had turned into the pile of shit that he is beneath her feet all because the acting and writing has been so superb. Uh, Jenny Allen said, I think it's a shame and doesn't do justice to the great work building up from this storyline. It would have been better to have her leave and perhaps get persuaded back because it would not have been over just after leaving once. Rob wouldn't have gone quietly, as he said, and seeing Helen gradually pull free 
would have been best. Ben Everts said, yes, it was certainly believable and the scriptwriters deserved the praise that they've received. That said, I still think castration using whatever they trim cow's hooves with, cow's hooves with would have been a far better ending. Lots and lots in that line uh, under that particular thread. We also asked uh, we the thread of um, that we now know that three out of four members of the Titchener family are not 100% uh, normal and stable. So we wondered whether Miles stood a chance. Uh, Mark Evidence said, notice that Miles is absent in all of this. Do you think Miles has escaped the clutches of the family from hell? In my head, Miles is a lovely bloke who, after years of counselling, has found the strength to break from his family and lives with his lovely partner in London. And he treats the partner with total respect as his rebellion against his family past. I hope so. That'd be awesome, Mark. And it is, I think, a little bit odd that we've never actually heard from him. Victoria Hart says, but I'm pinning my hopes on him sweeping in to say, on the record, I'm amazed someone hasn't tried to stop Rob before. He's an evil, manipulative bully with a violent temper, easily provoked when he doesn't get his own way. They were just two of my picks from that thread. Really, really recommend that you find our Facebook page. Just type in Dumpty Dum on Facebook and uh, read very erudite and really creative listeners we have. And uh, their contributions on Facebook are very much appreciated. So you have two ways of communicating with us other than contacting us through the program. And, of course, there is Twitter. So somewhere around the traps, I hope to see you soon. So from me here, hello. Miss Bell, that was stunning. Uh, But, Lucy, Mm -hmm. um, I believe there are some very dark, blacker-than-black tweets Yes, chill. If you've got children, might want to um, block up their ears at this mm. bit, or turn off in the car if you're listening in the car or whatever. Um, but first of all, this isn't a tweet of the week. This is just a general info tweet. You know, we were saying last week, where the hell is Blossom Hill Cottage? Yes. Um, James Jeffries, who does some work on the back end of the Archers site, um, said Blossom Hill Cottage is out on a quiet lane, the far side of Grey Gables and the golf course. So it's a long way from Bridge Farm. That's what so I again, said. Yeah, it's not like, as we said, she could just run with Henry in tow to mm. to anyone else's house. You know, she is isolated in every sense of the word. Right, Russell Kane said, I'm sure mummy will come home very soon. Personally, I'd put that tuna bake on a very low light, just saying. <laughs> Uh, Robert Elliott said they were talking about when are we going to have the village show? When are we all getting back to normality? And he said, agenda item one, who is organising the pin the mail to the kitchen floor stall? (laughs) Um, Nick, we were talking about uh, Peggy and um, just the way she acts. He says, so true, Peggy, acting like a minor royal since 1960. (laughs) (laughs) She really does, doesn't she? She's the Duchess of Kent of the Archers. Uh, Yokel Bear said, Yes, Pat, you have been blinder than Blindy McBlindface. Um, Deb Icing said, Jesus, Helen, you had one job. This is when we realized that uh, he was alive. Uh, Spare Mousey <laughs> had Peggy saying to Susan, Do you have a sorry, my granddaughter stabbed your son card? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gore Blimey 
said, poor little Mo. I mean, Helen, I hope Kirsty emerges from the shower and finds it's a dream before that plane hits the village. <laughs> yes, I think we all know where you're going with that. But my tweet of the week, and this is the rude one. And you know what? I can't blooming find it now. Hang on, hang on. How oh, there we go. Right. This was 158 Audrey, who said... You were the hero of the flood. Sorry you lost so much blood. You will soon be back to hunt. Get well soon, you vicious. Hashtag Peggy's card. Hashtag (laughs) 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 Yes. She said uh, she has applied to be Poet Laureate, but it was quite a lot of paperwork, so she gave up. Um, Pam Ayres. Yes. She is on Twitter. Yeah, I know. And... Um, half of her tweets are little poems, aren't they? They are. Mm. I had a little look yesterday. Mm. She was uh, putting a hole in a wall for a hedgehog. Yes. She's a bit crackers about animals. <laughs> she had a man come round specifically very... to, to make the hole for the hedgehog. And she drew a picture of a hedgehog and painted it. She's uh, quite an illustrator. Yeah. Mm. She's uh, one on her own, she is. I quite like her. Yeah. Yeah, she's a bit fun. Bit eccentric and bonkers. And quite good on Just a Minute. Yes. Very competitive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was one, there was one one episode um, uh, this morning. There, not this morning. There was one episode of Just a Minute with her and who was married to John Thor? Oh, da, 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 da. No, gone. What's her name? You know. Who was married to John Thor? Don't know. Wikipedia will tell you. Sheila Hancock. There you go. Sheila Hancock and Pam Ayres, and they, they was, it was they would nearly took each other apart. It was terrifying. Really? Yeah. Goodness. They're both very competitive. I do love that program. Now I had dinner at uh, Rachel Atkins's house. You who plays name dropper? You. Yes, plays Vicky Tucker. Mm. Oh, you what? said that in the present tense. Plays Vicky Tucker. Yes. Well, yeah, I can't really say anything about that. <laughs> I'll tell you afterwards, off mic. Um, but uh, she misses everybody. She wishes she could come back, obviously. And um, she sends lots of love to Dumpty Dummers and has said she will come on the podcast. Awesome. Yes. Is that it? It. What did you eat? Uh, she made a very nice prawn thing to start and then some slow-cooked lamb Ooh, did it kind of like fall off the bone and stuff yes oh yes the best the absolute best yum 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 Mm. if you've got any recipes of how to do slow cooked lamb you want to whack them onto dumdydum.com because we've got a forum there folks and it's it's kind of like where you the good dumdydum listenership can just like throw your thoughts and feelings on there and as i say i'm looking for a good recipe for slow cooked lamb so why don't you put it on our forum but if you don't put any kind of food recipes on there, uh, there's also a bit of debate. You can, And one of the great debates at the moment is what actually happened that night, which is started by Miss Bubbles. Uh, there's another one, which is also no comment, um, which is started by Kiwi Listener. listener and uh, why did Jess never get pregnant? Which uh, I must admit was a thought which I did think of when I read that. I thought, why didn't she ever get pregnant? Go because on she to... didn't want children, that's why. Yeah, and then she did. No, she didn't want children because she said... Lucy. 
What? Wrong place. You want to be sorry. putting that on the forum. That's okay. what it's there for. All right, sorry. There's no point in us debating it now. No. Silly old us. No, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, that was started by Charlie Cat, who I quite okay. like, Charlie Cat. Um, I think I invited myself round to Bristol uh, to uh, to take her out for Sunday lunch. Dinner, Charlie Cat. Anyway, uh, the forum. Go on there, dumbydum.com. It's awesome. Um, other things to note. Normally, at this point, I'd talk about our shop. But uh, forget the shop this week. Michael Moran, friend of the show, been helping out our other friend of the show, Paul Truman, uh, with his kind of fundraising for refuge. Now, you can help Free the Blossom Hill one by going on to Helen Archer Rescue Fund dot impact trading dot co dot uk to get t-shirts tea towels mugs that all say free the blossom hill one so again that url is helen archer rescue fund dot impact trading dot co dot uk go there don't go to our shop get get that merch money goes to refuge lucy 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 guess what yes what it's news of reviews oh, news 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 reviews Come on, put put some welly into it. Yeah. I'm going to cue you up again. Lucy! Mm. <laughs> it's news and reviews. Good. <laughs> from the United Kingdom on iTunes, we have... Bloody hell, Jess from Brum. I love this podcast. Honestly, I thought listening to a podcast about the Archers might be a tad excessive. I presume she went on to say, but it isn't rather than... And I was right, it is. Um, I'm not listening. I bloody love this. Bunny B4Bs. B4 Bunny B4... Yes, that. Yeah, it's babes, in it. Really. Oh, ba- babes, innit? Yeah. Bunny babes. <laughs> First time listen today. Love it. Avengerious. Great fun. As a newcomer to the world of the archers, I'm thankful that those friends who dragged me into this heroin... T- I'm thankful... Four, should be. Yeah, all right. Great fun. As a newcomer to the world of the archers, I'm thankful for those friends who dragged me into this harrowing titchy knob plot. And cabbie blog. The BBC should listen to this podcast from a lapsed Nelson. What's a lapsed Nelson? Oh, come on. Oh, Nelson. Yeah. And yeah, and they're saying that they used to listen and they remember when Nelson Ah. came into it. You do remember our different gradation of listener. I do. Yes, I'm sorry. It's just I'm so used now because Mm. I'm very, very old. I am so used now to people speaking in a youth speak that I don't get that that quite often I just assume that it's another new thing, word that sprung up that I don't know about. I didn't realise it was actually something I was supposed to understand. Yeah, that's like we've kind of like helped coin all of those kind of phrases. (laughs) (laughs) So it's middle-aged speak, Lucy. Yes, it is. If you'd like to help keep our little show on the road, there are two ways that this can be done. You you can donate by hitting the donate button on our site. Or you can go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about £1.30. Remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website or you can call us on 0203031305 to leave us a message Um, and just whilst we're here um, a couple of calls didn't kind of work so um, yeah Jane Curzon I don't know where your call went yeah it was just kind of blank and uh, Jojo Sexy Heels um, you I know you sent me a message saying uh, I've called Um, there was a blank telephone call so 
I presume that was you. How odd. But for the most part, folks, it does work. So uh, don't let those two things uh, dissuade you from at least trying. So pick up the phone or speak pipe in. On the Twitters, you can find us where we are, at dum-de-dum. Me, I'm at Roy Field. Uh, me, at Lucy V. Freeman. Sarah Smith, at, at Sarah Smith. Or Harriet, at Shambridges. Somebody sent a rather funny tweet saying, worst effect of, I hope there's a lot of Sarah Smith cloths around at Blossom Hill Cottage to get rid of all the blood. I know. Which I thought was somewhat of a neat way of tying up our sponsor with the storyline. We need yes. we need more tweets like that, folks, because I think it's contract renewal time in a few months. Ah, oh. <laughs> yes. Hint, hint. Send them in now. If you're thinking of anything now, we have a time to do it. Yes. Also on the social media front, uh, specifically the Book of Face, uh, we are on Facebook, and if you just type in Dumpty Dum, you can find a barrel load of people that like a lurk our show and it's we've got over 1100 and, and some change now it's gathering a pace Whew. what a long gun i'm i'm pooped lucy are you emotionally drained and also kind of podcastingly drained as well yes because we had a double outing of, of dumpty dum this week we did well mm. you did you did very well well mm. the thing was though that Half of that show was redundant by the time it came out because events <laughs> had just whizzed on so fast. <laughs> so how long will it be, Mr. Barry's oh, <laughs> to come up with charges? And the day. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> by the time it came out, it's already been charged. So, oh, God. But how oh, well. There, there is the, the, the bane of a lot of a podcast who's trying to be on the spot. There you go. I am uh, much mm? looking forward to this week of it not being all about Helen and Rob. Mm. I, as I kind of said, I'm... I actually really do just want the tittle tattle. Yeah. And I want, I do want to see the two, you know, the sides forming people that say, but he was just a lovely guy and he was doing so much for her. And then, you know, the, uh, the axis, which is Kirsty and Tom who are going to be saying, but no, we we always had our doubts about him, et cetera, et cetera. And surely, surely, surely this is, this is the, the, the catalyst. This this is the instrument for them pair to get back together. You know, yeah. so obviously, hence him saying to her, don't you think, you know, that if we'd have stayed together, this would not have happened, blah, blah, blah. No, shut yeah, up. shut up, you stupid ass. <laughs> you know, your sister stabbed someone in the guts, you know. <laughs> She's in you. prison. You, 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 Yeah, you, exactly. You. Yeah, but it's just his somewhat ham-fisted way of, I know you're going to hate what I'm about to say, Lucy, but reaching out to her. Yeah. <laughs> Which I said by accident on, on the podcast during the, during the week. And when it fell out of my mouth, I thought, oh dear, Lucy won't like that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I thought, <laughs> fuck it, it's stopping him. <laughs> right. Any Parthian shots before we say no. goodbye to our listeners? Are you sure? Yep. Right. Okay. Well, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Toodaloo, everybody. <laughs>